So you have a question for me then? Uh, I mean, it's not really much of a question. It's just, have you ever seen Libby's show? I've seen bits of it. Yeah, yeah. Little bits of it, like the old, uh, that still weighs more than feathers skit. Yeah. <laughs> that was the question. That, that pretty, pretty much, yeah. I, I just saw the, um, you know, the sketcheries um, talking about tap water. Um, yes. Yeah, I saw that pop up on Instagram, and it was on like one of those famous Instagram pages. So there's loads of Americans like, "What is this guy even saying? I can't understand what's happening here." While uh, everyone on this side of the pond is just pissing themselves at the idea that he thinks tap water's free and some revelation. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, is that when they is that the, sort of like whenever I see a re- like a really broad regional dialect going over to America. Or even an American talking to somebody is that they just have no clue. They just can't decipher around. And I guess because we're so small and insular. I mean, even me, within like I get broad mank, broad scouse, broad Welsh, and within about an hour I can get brummy as well, or within like an hour of where I live. I mean, you're in like you're in like the Bermuda Triangle of England. <laughs> yeah, you're just stuck <laughs> between all these horrendous accents. Yeah, it doesn't really, you know, I can, I'm fine with it. So if I hear like deep south, you know, deep southern American or New York or, I don't know, like even like towards, you know, Washington or anywhere like that, I can, I'm okay, I can decipher it all, it's not an issue. But I think we have like such a broad range, don't we, of accents in this country that <laughs> you see on chat shows and stuff, like, do you ever watch, um, do you ever watch Graham Norton? Like from time to time, yeah. Yeah, I think he's. I think. I think. To be fair, I think he's excellent. I think he does an excellent show. Oh yeah, he's great. They had um, oh, it was a while ago. John Bishop was on. who's obviously a scouser, and I'm pretty sure it was Matthew McConaughey. Just kept looking at him. Just I have no idea what you're talking about. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this made me chuckle. And I remember. I remember years ago, Oasis were um, doing a tour in America, one of their first tours, and they had to have subtitles on the show they were on because they couldn't the Americans couldn't understand what they were saying because they were such broad Mancunians that, like, they're not even that bad though like I think there are plenty of people that are far more like indecipherable than, than Oasis yeah I've got I've got a mate who's way worse than Liam and Noel Gallagher my mate Paul is I mean, bloody hell you'd never have any idea what he was talking about outrageously Mancunian yeah outrageous there's a um, there's a guy I play uh, play roller with, uh, who is proper proper Norfolk boy, proper yeah. Norfolk boy, and then um, so he's proper, and then like to com- <laughs> to like compound on top of it, he's he's a bit rough around the edges, so he's always like constantly swearing and like speaking in a really aggressive tone. Um, <laughs> so like so snatch. So, yeah, but like the Norfolk equivalent. So the like equivalent. half the time you'd be having a conversation with him and the only things you decipher are fucking fucking who fucking fuck 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 It's absolutely beautiful. It's it's the best thing ever. It's in you know like um it's not until I talk to people in and around London that I even sort of get the the London differences. So if you go like north and south like most people wouldn't notice it, no. But because my mother-in-law is full-on Cockney, 
whenever we go down and see like her family or you know my wife's my wife's side of the family that are from that side, it's really really noticeable. Proper East Anglia. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was born. She's legit Cockney, born within the sound of Bow Bells. God. But then yeah. I think even even within London, where it's such a rich cultural melting pot. There you go. It's a good good little buzz phrase for you. Oh, um, yeah. I feel like that's on a bingo card somewhere for <laughs> some sort of noncy metropolitan talking, but where you've got all these different cultures and like the different ways of speaking and different slang and stuff in all these different cultures, even like that on top of all the different accents make it such a wide variety of ways of speaking. No, it's true. I mean, it's the same, okay, you know, like it's like in any big city, isn't it? It's the same in mm. any big city. Say like when I first moved to Manchester, it, it blew my mind that there was there was a Chinatown, just the whole area dedicated to Chinese people. <laughs> it <laughs> was just like a myth from friends. And I'm only like half an hour away from Manchester. I'm half an hour away, but I live in like a town that's there's not that many mixed race people here, or even you know different race people here. I mean, in my in my daughter's school, God, not many. Maybe fifty kids out of about three hundred are, you know, not white. I'm not even talking about a certain race. Yeah, but that's you know, like, just... that's a lot more than plenty of other places. True, true. But I'm, to be fair, though, growing up, growing up was way worse. There was there was one black kid in school. That was it. Growing up, there was no there was no Chinese kids, no Asian kids, and um, sort of no, you know, like you know, like Polish. Um, Anywhere like that, it was just there was yeah. one black kid, and that was it. See, that's crazy because I, I did most of my primary education in London, so for the majority of my primary education, I was one of two white people in my year. <laughs> really? Yeah, which is crazy. And then like it was one of those um like one class per year, so it was only about thirty forty kids in the year, but still two two out of thirty five, let's say. And um, what was the, what was the dominant race? Um, I couldn't say specific parts specifically where, but yeah, a lot of a lot of black kids. Um, yeah, quite a lot of um Central Asian kids as well. Yeah, yeah. I know. But yeah, and then moving down to to the Kent coast was absolutely mad. Like even even as a ten year old, like it took me a couple of days of being like, mm, something's something's different, and I don't know what it is. And then suddenly it clicked of like. Shit, where the fuck are all the black people? Like, what is, what's all these white people? What's going on? I know. I remember the first time I went to, I went to well, talk about Chinatown, the first time I went there, mm. I think I was about 19 or something like that. And I was, it was like I was walking around New York City. And it's literally, <laughs> it's it's kind of, in Manchester, there's a, there's a square where you can go and sit and eat. It's not. I mean, even that's not big. I'm making it sound like Central Park or something, but it's not. It's, it's quite small. And then there's all the shops are in the square around that. And there's a couple. There's a couple of side streets. have got some, you know, like um, Chinese banks and sort of food places and stuff like that. Yeah. But I just, I, I was just walking around it open mouth, and I kept saying, "This is this. This is all Chinese stuff." And this girl I was with saying, "Yeah, it's just all Chinese stuff." I was just like, "Oh my god." This is mesmerising. And I was like, I'm going home and like, I saw my mum and I was like, you're not going to believe where I've been today. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's a whole place full of Chinese people. Yeah. Crazy. It's mad. 
And even to be fair, even walking around Manchester, you know, like big, like I said, big cities, walking around Manchester, I'd never seen so many like Indian, Pakistani people, like people from fucking Jamaica, Barbados, and there's like you know like European exchange. I was having French accents and German accents, and for me, you know, living in this little kind of Cheshire kind of pseudo countryside bubble, it just <laughs> my brain just couldn't comprehend it. It's really funny. Um... Living in living in Canterbury, because you get a lot of um, European students there on day trips and stuff. Okay. And yeah. like, and it's not a very, I mean, it's better than it was, but it's still not a particularly integrated part of the world. It's still very much Caucasian dominated. So like the, and and the only like, the majority of of sort of foreign nationals that you get are just day tripping school kids. So it's like. <laughs> It's not even necessarily a racist thing, but the only foreigners there are loathed by the locals because they're just taking up all the pavements and running around being ratty little kids. It's just such a like it's like a forced racism. <laughs> oh dear. You know. It's um I mean I'm lucky really because my like you know, my my parents were completely I know a lot of kids when I was growing up and their parents were very close-minded to, mm. you know, Britain for the British, blah, blah, blah. And I guess some of them still like that now. Fucking mongs. But I was kind of lucky because it didn't, I never, I never thought it was weird. I thought it was fascinating. And I wanted to, like, I was like, oh my God, let's go in here, get some food. Like, I wanted to just go and try everything and... Immerse yourself in it. Yeah, like me and my friend were walking back through... No joke, me and my friend walking back through Moss Side one night after going to out into Manchester. And it can be a little bit unnerving. I mean, God, I think a month ago there was a, a guy running around Moss Side with a shotgun and he shot 10 people. And this is, this, is just like a, this is just like a Saturday night. Just Saturday night in Moss Side. But as we were walking through, we saw a, um, a jerk chicken place. And instead of being... Like again, you know, fucking Britain for the British. Oh, jerk chicken, take your spicy food and fuck off. Where's my plate? Where's my beige food? That's all I care about. Instead of being like that, I just thought, fuck yeah, let's go in here and see what we can get. And I got some, I got some curried goat. Oh my god, it was phenomenal. Oh, it was mate. phenomenal. Obviously, curried, curried goat is one of those things China. that, like, culturally, it sounds like, oh, goat. We don't eat goat. That's got to be horrible. But it's got to be so pain. Like you hear people talk about curried goat, like. It's such a staple of the culture, and like, it's meant to be proper comfort food, and so delicious. Like, oh, dear, yeah, it's got to be amazing. Pain. It's amazing. But then I'll eat anything. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I will eat anything. There's a restaurant <laughs> near us that does. Um, they do a whole bunch of wacky stuff. Um, so you can get like python, crocodile. You can oh, get springbok, zebra. I've had horse there. Uh, you can get like. Well, they do stuff a Finder's well. lasagna, did they? It's... <laughs> yeah, I had some Finder's crispy pancakes. I didn't realise I'd eaten the horse until afterwards. Then um, it's just on the menu: horse, like you know, zebra, springbok, like I said. And then I'd, I'd eaten everything there. I'd eaten every single meat that they sold. And so the last thing left was a a bush tucker challenge. Oh right. So it was. Oh no. So it was. Yeah, so it was it was uh, mealworms, crickets, and then a um, 
a rhinoceros, not a rhinoceros beetle, a dung beetle. It was a fucking, anyway, a big beetle, like a big one with pincers. Jesus. And I was all Billy Big Shit thinking, just fucking eat it. Who gives a shit? Now the meat, the, the, the fucking, the mealworms and the, I think it was grubs as well. The grubs and the, the locusts were fine. All joking aside, the locusts, or the, was it crickets? One of the two. Tastes like dried cornflakes. So once you'd eaten one, I just thought, oh, it just tastes like cornflakes. So I was eating them like, like a handful. Whatever, that's again, whatever. <laughs> but I've, that beetle, I'm not kidding, sat in front of me for an hour. And I just kept looking at it and looking at it. It's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And everyone kept saying to me, oh, go on, pick it up and eat it. So I said to them, I'm trying, okay? I said, if you're so fucking brave, you do it. Nobody could do it. Because once it's in front of you, your brain goes, oh, shit, it's a fucking giant beetle. I can't eat that. And then my wife had the balls and took a bit of a, a kind of a crunch on it and went, oh, that's gross. So then once she'd done it, I had to do it, obviously, because stupid male pride. And I tell you, it was absolutely rank. <laughs> what, did it, what did it taste like? <sighs> it was very sour, but not mm. no bitter, very bitter. Not a nice... There was nothing redeeming about it at all. Some people like, you know, you get like sour skittles and stupid stuff like that where they make it sour but still covered in sugar so it's quite tasty. Yeah. No, this was just horrible, bitter beetleness. <laughs> oh, mate. awful. I always imagine like insects to have a proper nasty texture as well. Like, yeah. I don't know, proper like stringy and wet and just, oh. Like you're biting well, mate, into. My- my Not best mate was on, he's just moved, he's just, he was working in Philadelphia and he's just moved back to London um, with his wife. But they went on a two month uh, trip of like Southeast Asia before they sort of moved back over here. Oh, yeah. And there's a video of, there's a video of his wife sat at an insect restaurant eating a tarantula. Oh, mate. <laughs> like, nope, I am out. See that is oh, that's too much. I couldn't. I couldn't even look at it, let alone. Uh, let I alone couldn't even pick it. it up. I couldn't pick it up. I could look at it. I can look at it. Could not pick it up. So it's an interesting, interesting story you've just told there, Dan. Have you heard about the um, the issue Philadelphia currently has with a tarantula problem? <laughs> no. There's a. Um, a sand spider, a six-eyed sand spider that's escaped from a, well, gone missing rather, from a Philadelphia-based insectarium or whatever you call it, Jeez. along with a highly poisonous, apparently. And the, like the, the tweet I saw was like, oh, six-eyed sand spider, blah, blah, gone missing from a Philadelphia whatever. And then just like, at the end, along with 7,000 other insects, like, hold on a fucking <laughs> second here. <laughs> like... I'm going to need a bit more information 
on those 7,000 insects running wild around the city now, please. Yeah, because today it's 7,000. By the time they've all had sex with each other, you're at about 8 million. <laughs> no. what, what fucking are they? like? Because I doubt they're just like ants and like... Yeah, that's not even if, new. Well, maybe they are. Is that if, if if it, I don't know. If they're worth being kept in like a, an insect zoo, then they're probably a little bit more interesting and a bit more dangerous than your garden variety insects, don't you think? Fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up, isn't it, man? Like, it's like when you like you hear about those stories of people at Tesco or Sainsbury's and they open up a crate of bananas and there's a fucking like there's a giant fucking birdie and spider in there. <laughs> like, nope, sorry, I quit. I'll see you never. <laughs> the geezer, geezer working on the fruit and veg. Uh, Stand is worried he's going to be exposed as a bird in human skin. <laughs> so I've got to quit. I've got to quit. I can't deal with this bird eating spider. The thing is, though, they attack. They're not scared either, are they? They just attack you. They're not like they don't run away. Like how spiders just play dead. You know, when, when they're running across the carpet, they're not doing it to be dicks. They're doing it to think, "Oh fuck, fuck, fuck! I'm in the open here. I need to hide. I can get out of here." <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get hit with a shoe or a fucking rolled up Daily Mirror or something. Where I was like, the ones from South America are like, fucking come here, I'm after you. <laughs> Shit. It's it's not even necessarily like they want to have you, but like they're wired to be like, if they get scared, it's not like, well, I better fuck them up then. <laughs> yeah. They're just drunk. They're, All spiders are are just Saturday night chavs, just to fucking <laughs> been the pub, got hammered, just looking for a fucking scrap for no reason. I'll, I'll have you, I'll jump on your face, I'll be furry. Yeah. The spider's missus is like, Darren, just leave it. It's not worth it. <laughs> no, he's fucking looking at me, isn't he? He's yeah. looking at me. He gave me that eye. Give me the eye, didn't he? He fucking wants it. <laughs> every every day I wake up and I, I thank, thank whoever it is out in the sky that has made it so that I'm in a country that doesn't have those horrible, horrible things. I mean, dude, my wife's always saying to me, oh, I'd love to go to Australia one day. No. No shot, no shot. Everything I'll go, in Australia, I'll go on holiday, maybe, kill you. But it's, yeah, like I don't want to live in a country where I have to check my fucking shoes before I put them on, like for for fear shoes. of death. Fucking everything, shoes. There's no nooks or crannies. You'd have to live in a circle of some kind, <laughs> so there'd be no corners or nooks. You'd have to live in a circle. <laughs> you would, like so, like every surface is always visible. There's no like, there's no straight corners anywhere for them you'd to, have to sneak into. You'd, you'd have to like concrete yourself in as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh god, right. a fucking terrifying place. Like all, pretty much every single deadliest animal in the world lives there. Like the most venomous spiders, the most venomous snakes, sharks, fucking jellyfish. I'm sure they've got pterodactyls. Fucking <laughs> everything. God, Megalodons. That place. Fucking yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> no shot. I'm going there. No shot. Jesus. It's fucking too much, isn't it? I know. And they said like it's, um, like spiders cause most deaths by car crash because people will <laughs> flip the visor <laughs> down because they steal, they steal cars and sounds, crash them into yeah. people. <laughs> Joyriding tarantulas. Yeah, I realised how that sounded then. It's because they, they drunk drive well. Did you not know? Big, a big, big drink driving problem with the spiders in Australia. <laughs> he's, he's on his way back to the car, starts a fight with some random passerby, trying to put his shoes on. Yeah. 
hops in a car, ran raids a local Tesco. <laughs> He's like staggering back to his car. How far? Oh, it's fucking okay. yeah. I can. Okay, okay. Gets in the car, <laughs> just tries to breathe normally. Okay, okay. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Like two hands on each side. Okay, okay. Here we go. <laughs> just fucking plows into a shop. <laughs> Seven more people killed today. Like Spider getting handcuffed. I wasn't a drug officer. It wasn't me. <laughs> there was, there was a spider on my. There was a human on my windshield. <laughs> oh, a fucking human jumped out and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I tried to hit him with one of my eight shoes, but I kept missing. <laughs> I, I always think. Yeah. Oh no, no, go on, go on, go on. No, go on, go on, you go, you go. But how many car crashes do you think are caused every year from someone sneezing? Oh, God. If, if you have a proper bad sneeze, if I have one when I'm driving, I'm like, well, fucking Jesus, take them away. I'm like, this is, I've, got, I've got a second or two where I'm out of commission. Yeah. No, it's true. I get hay fever. And there's, I mean, there's, there's times where I can legitimately sneeze six times in a row. I mean, rapidly. And then you're then you're you're done. You're done for. Like. Yeah, you're looking at least a good six seconds where you're not really able to concentrate. <laughs> and if it's really bad, like full uh, full body uh, sneezes, yeah, you're you're yeah. stuffed. I reckon. I reckon it's got to be high. Yeah, Lo- loads and loads. But imagine like you know, plowing into the side of someone's car and getting out. And be like, oh, I'm really sorry, I sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> you just get out and go. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sorry, man. You know, it's it's that time of year, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. Allergies. Like innocuous ones, though. You know, like innocuous deaths. I'm not even... You know the Darwin Awards? I'm not even talking Darwin Awards. I'm just talking about, like you say, stuff you don't really have a... Like, there's a fly, and it goes past your face, and you go, oh, shit, like that. And then before you know what you're like, in the back of an ice cream bag. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to swat it away. Plowed into Doris at the bus stop. Yeah. It was a fly officer. Whatever. Who gives a shit? I'd, I had something yesterday, um, like this, I, I don't know what, what was going on, but like the seatbelt on my passenger side was just really noticeable for some reason. Like it's, you know, it's, <laughs> things in your car are never noticeable. What? For some reason, I couldn't like, I could just <laughs> proper see it. And like my brain was like... You were mesmerised by it. Fucking... Why can I see that? I'm driving. I can't normally see things that I'm on the road. I'll have you know. Why can't okay. I see this seatbelt? And yeah, little things like that. I reckon, you know, people like fucking summits off here. And bam. I know. Not even like, yeah, not even checking your phone or anything like that. Just something really innocuous. Proper, proper magpie syndrome. Just like distracted yeah. by something. <laughs> You're eating Skittles or something, and he drops them on your lap, and you go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Crap. You were trying to eat an ice cream while you're driving. Shit! I shit you not. I once ate a chicken salad when I was driving <laughs> with a with a fork. <laughs> not oh, that's, that's the most fucking illegal thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and you know the worst thing is, I wasn't even on a motorway. I was on a country road, the most dangerous road. <laughs> Do you know what? Proper winding. <laughs> I took it as a challenge as well. You, you didn't even have to go that way. You weren't even hungry. 
I drove past my house twice just to prove a point. <laughs> I'll do this. I'll fucking show all of you. You watch this. <laughs> I can eat a chicken salad. <laughs> oh dear God. Fucking hell. I was going to say, just quickly, because I have to get this point out before I forget. <laughs> so we get, we're closed in on half an hour. There's actually hockey stuff to talk about. I know. I was going to say about the spiders thing is that, no, they cause the most deaths when people are in the car because people either open the glove box or they flip down the sun visor and they just, they're just there and people go, shit, and like swerve or something, you know, because they just, it freaks them out and then they crash into stuff. That's how... <laughs> That's really boring now, isn't it? Shit. That's good. They, they flip open the glove box, see a, see a spider have a nervous sneeze, and then everyone dies. Spider eating Skittles. Just drops them all over the floor. Oh, for fuck's sake, they're all over the floor. <laughs> Crash. <laughs> what have you done? That was my last pack, you fucker. <laughs> oh, my God. It's fucking... What are we going to do? What are we going to do, Dad? I don't know. Do you know what's amazing? It's like, I never know where we're going to go to with these kind of things and these conversations. I have no idea how we even started on this. <laughs> Not even a clue. <laughs> we're talking about a living show, aren't we? <laughs> I know. Okay, and then. I even had things, we even had some little things on the run sheet to kind of talk about in the first sort of 25, 25 minutes of like, you know, non-hockey things that we like to sometimes. Oh, dear. I don't know where the time goes because... A second ago, I was looking and thinking, cool, we're seven minutes in, we've just been chatting Breeze, and now we're 25 minutes in, and we've continued to chat nothing but Breeze. Um, <clears throat> you know what might hopefully be a Breeze for a certain someone? Oh, the uh, the first, you. first 20 games of the season should hopefully be a Breeze for Nate Schmidt, because he's going to be chomping at the bit, wanting to get back into action. I mean, I think his fitness levels in those first 20 games are going to be near perfect, Will. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to suffer any fatigue at all. Not going to, not going to miss a beat? Nope. So, I was in... Yeah, go on. Well, for, any, for the, the uninitiated, Nate Schmidt has been banned for the first 20 games of the season <gasps> for um, taking performance-enhancing drugs, commonly known as PEDs. The hell? Which, um, what the hell? What was that noise then? What the hell happened? Oh, I was clicking a pen, sorry. No, oh, the gasp. Oh, that was me saying, <gasps> he's been shocked. He's been suspended for 20 games. Oh, just for, for, you thought, know, like, reaction, I emotion. Was, I thought a spider car was going to crash into you <laughs> or something, and you panicked. <laughs> I'm actually doing this podcast in the car. It's all mine, we need chicken salad at the same I'm time. <laughs> Trying to, eat, trying to eat a bag of Skittles and record a podcast while driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> right. One, one right. last little thing. One last little thing. Go on. <laughs> so, a few years ago for, for a work thing, we were going up to, when I, when I worked in sales, we were going up to like a, it's like a training day slash mingler thing. No, yeah, yeah. Um, that that doesn't fucking matter. So there's like four of us going from from the job. Got picked up by the guy who was driving, Ricky, and um, picked up the the third guy. Then we had to drive about half an hour to pick up the last guy. Excuse me. And um, for a bit of context, this guy's name was Dan, and he was a 
he was a bit of a clown around the office. Like he, you know, said funny things. Was a bit shit at his job. Like you know, just bit of a bit of a yeah office clown sort of thing. Yeah. So he was already. I'm not going to say a victim, but like someone that you could quite easily laugh at. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So we <laughs> we've just picked him up from his house. We're all suited and booted to meet him with customers and stuff. And um, it had been raining overnight, but um, <laughs> but it wasn't anymore. So so R- Ricky, the guy driving, had his driver's side window all the way open, and Dan sitting behind him. We're we're coming up to this uh, massive puddle, like, you know, it's proper slow down and drive through it. It's covering the whole road, sort of puddles. Yeah, you like where this is going, don't you? Yeah, we're about pretty much at you know the at the peak of this puddle. <laughs> As deep as you can get. And this lorry comes just steering past us the other way. <laughs> it's like like being in bloody tidal wave at Fort Park or whatever. Your car's absolutely covered in water. And uh, R- Ricky turns to his arm. He's like, oh, mate, my arm's fucking soaked. <laughs> then we turn to the back. And this Dan guy is drenched absolutely drenched <laughs> head to toe like he leans forward and the seat where he's sitting is dry and everything around him is just drenched <laughs> and it was so like Ricky's bent double while he's trying to drive just pissing himself <laughs> we're trying to get to somewhere we can pull over he's like waiting at having to go through a junction pissing himself it was like, <laughs> like he was incapacitated by how ridiculous this was it's one of those things where if you'd planned it, it wouldn't have gone any better. Oh, mate, it was so just like a... if, you'd, if you'd slowed down perfectly just to get to the, to the peak of the water, there'd have been no car if you'd thought about it. But because it just happened naturally, that's even better, isn't it? I've, I've never seen a bigger splash in my entire life. It was... <laughs> oh, it's just incredible. The perfect storm. <laughs> right, now we can now we can carry on. Stop being silly, I was going to say, well, speaking of uh, making a splash, it looks like the uh, drug administration's made a splash this week. With <laughs> <laughs> How long would these episodes be if we cut out all the giggling? I don't know. About eight minutes, maybe? Yeah, if that. If so, that. So, he's, so he's been suspended 20 games, old Nate Schmidt, Nate Schmitty of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Schmidt? For- the Vegas Schmitz, as we all know, um, for as far as I could find, an as yet unnamed substance. Um, but the thing, the thing that's interesting about the substance that they have released is that he was found to have had <clears throat> seven billionths of a milligram per milliliter. It is in his system, and um, very true. I'm not a chemist, Dan. I'm not a um I'm not a drug expert. I'm not part of the yeah, you know, the, the drug commission for the NHL. But seven billionths of a milligram per milliliter doesn't really sound like a lot. I mean I've taken the other side of it, Will, is that Nate Schmidt's a dirty fucking cheat and should be banned for life. That's how he's I a think. he's a junkie. <laughs> yeah. He's uh he's a bad he's influence clearly... for the nation's kids. Yeah. The young kids. He's clearly been stealing from people to fund his habit. Um, <clears throat> I think in some cases he's been selling himself sexually to pay for his habit as well, allegedly. Quite clearly. <laughs> you, clearly. Can, you can tell that just by his choice of hairstyle. 
<laughs> um, Very true. I think uh, it's you know he's everything that's wrong with modern hockey, and in and in fact modern sport, I think he should be uh, thrown under the proverbial bus. No, I, th- but... I think he should be thrown under a real bus. Yeah, being driven by a spider. Oh, he's... seven, seven billionths. They said it was a, the the equivalent of a pinch of salt in an Olympic size swimming pool, which is That's... just fucking ridiculous. And let's be quite frank, you could swim through that pool open mouthed, and you'd still just taste piss. Yeah, and fart underwater farts. <laughs> 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 He said, didn't he? Okay, so he said he said he's he said he's extremely disappointed, and he said it's the, that was it. The thing, the low amount was consistent with environmental contamination, which essentially is I I could have breathed it in. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> or like, there's a discrepancy in the test, like yeah, because he said that they took another uh, sample of his hair, and there was no evidence of intentional use at all. And and when when did they even conduct this test? Was that in the summer, late summer? I don't know because I couldn't I couldn't find that out either. It's it's all been a bit like there's not been a lot of information released. But then it's very the information they have it's released is yeah, it's like completely just ridiculous. Like, does he have an opportunity to appeal? I'd hope so. I would really I'd, hope so. I fucking hope so because it, it's just loopy. And um, the the thing that I was amazed by before we started recording, because I hadn't I I hadn't thought about the fact that when an NHL player is suspended, they forfeit the salary for that game. Yeah. So for every every game that you miss, you lose one eighty second of your salary, and this is going to amount to four hundred and eighty three thousand dollars lost for Nate Schmidt. For a seven for seven billionths of a milligram per milliliter, and yeah, I know he earns a lot of money. He uh, yeah, he's a he's a an athlete earning a lot of money in his uh, in his profession at the moment. But to sacrifice basically five hundred grand for for seven billionths of a milligram, see, it's, it's, I'd be a bit pissed off. I think I think I'd be a bit more than disappointed. Well, you live to your means, don't you? So, I mean, he's going to miss that money. He is absolutely going to miss that money. He's going to be on the breadline. Well, no, but he's making... Okay, so I'm not on the breadline, but if I get a parking ticket, I'm thinking, fuck, there's, you know, there's 35, 40, 50, 60 quid I've got to find now that I wasn't planning on fucking spending. (laughs) Schmidt's like, oh, there's half a million quid I've got to fucking forget about now for something I've not done for breathing. He's essentially been suspended for breathing or maybe swimming. It it does feel That's a it. bit like someone justifying their job a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. I imagine, yeah, they've just put loads of names in a hat at the jug place. I said, God, we haven't fucking banded him on for ages, have we? Let's go with uh, and then ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. Nate Schmidt. Okay. Sorry, Nate. Not your day today, mate. And they'll just cackle. Because <laughs> they're evil. I think... It's called the bit. Go on. Just for a league that is commonly understood to have a rampant cocaine problem. <laughs> Not just that. Look at every problem. This is it. Like, you know, we're we're going to let Slava Voinov back in the league, but we're going to suspend Nate Schmidt 20 games for 
for seven billionths of a milligram. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking for, like... for maybe one day going, ooh, fucking hell, I'm knackered today. <laughs> Just in that yawn, he was fucked. That was it. Some microscopic pore went past him. Spore, sorry. And just found its way into his system. And again, I think the fact that it's a bit it's a bit telling that they haven't released what the drug supposedly is. You know what I mean? Well, they don't know, do they? Because I did a bit of um When I first read it, because obviously you just read the headline. Because most of us do that, don't we? Because we're fucking, we're just lazy. We just scroll on Twitter. 200 characters, Nate Schmidt, banned for cheating. Oh, fucking hell, what a drug cheat. Blah, blah, blah. But then when I read... I just read a little bit about the seven billionths of a monogram and I thought, that's ridiculous. That's that's nothing. So I read on a bit and then sort of tried to find a, few, a couple of other articles. And there's and it said that the Players Association and the NHL, when they signed whatever agreement it was to do with the drugs policy, they said that they wouldn't release the, name, the names of the failed, you know, the substances that the players failed on. And both parties signed off on it, saying, yeah, that's fine. We don't need to name the, the substances they failed on. Which is so odd. So odd. He said that he only took supplements that were supplied by the, the Knights. So, mm. why aren't we now saying, hang on a minute? I mean, you know, fair enough. If you if you want to play devil's advocate like I like to do on here sometimes and say, well, he's just saying that to save his own skin and forget the team. Well, fine. But if he's saying that, you have to then look at the Knights and say, what are you giving your players? Or what's at least like in the air around your players when they're playing games? I'd I'd imagine or or at least hope that any team who has a player who's who's fined or suspended for PEDs would then have an investigation of their practices. Yeah, because exactly. that's just that's not doing your due diligence. Otherwise, yeah. is it? No. This, as well as um, there are no there's no game day tests. Which is something else I find bizarre and absolutely unbelievable. Because I know that football, for example, I mean, the, the whole of Rio Ferdinand thing, wasn't it? Was that he just wouldn't, it was either after a game or before a game or something, he just wouldn't, he just disappeared and said, oh, I'm not doing it. I, I can't, I've got to go, I'm leaving. Yeah, you skipped get three in a row, didn't they? Yeah. And I know, like, after in the Olympics and stuff, like Michael Phelps said when he was at the top of his game, he was getting tested after every single, like, nearly after every single race. Why wouldn't you test hockey players on the day of the game? Because because here's the thing. Sportsmen are always looking for the extra edge. And I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what people say. I would bet nearly all of them were looking at... looking for You know, you're always looking for that easy way. Because you want to win. Once you start making any kind of money, <clears throat> all that's left is, I want to win. I want to get that ring. I want to get the cup. I want to be a successful player trophy-wise. And if your coach comes to you and says, oh, did you know there's this new thing you can take? And if you take it on the day, you can't even test for it afterwards. That was something in the UFC, is that they've now outsourced their drug testing. Now another agency does it. The UFC has no control over their, well, this is what they say. They have no control over when fighters are tested. And a lot of fighters were taking things that were, get out, that were, that were kind of out of their system within like three or four hours. And the, the drug testing policy in the UFC is ridiculous. I mean, they can ring you at any time and you have to tell them where you are at that exact time and they can come to you at that exact time and take a test. Um, you know, it can be six in the morning, it can be three in the morning, it can be 11 o'clock at night. If you're in bed, it doesn't matter. 
Um, and I'm amazed that they don't do more of that in, in hockey. Well, it's another example of a, of a league that's got it arse backwards, isn't it? Yeah, but then the, seem... the Players Association signed off on all these things as well. Well, yeah. To be fair, if I was if I was Donald Fair, and and the NHL have said, "Oh, we won't test you on the day," I'm like, "Fucking yeah, go on then," like because that that does benefit the players, and it ultimately, like you say, promotes the use of PEDs, certain PEDs yeah. at the very least. Yeah. And it's 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 a hard one, isn't it? Because in a way, like you know, if everyone's taking PEDs, whatever, you're all as enhanced as as each other. Yeah, it's like the Chris. It's like the um, not Chris Boardman. The fucking. It's like the Lance Armstrong Tour de France victories. Like the top twenty are all positive for steroids. So just and cheat. Well, the top some like the top twenty all tested positive for cheating. So the best cheater won. Well done. <laughs> you were the best yeah. at cheating. You, so well done you. You used all the tools at your disposal and some tools that weren't at your disposal and you won. Congratulations. Like yeah. If like and, half and like, the field, if half the field is cheating, well then you would fuck it. <laughs> Just forget it. You were the best. Well done. You were the best it yeah, congratulations to the rest of you that didn't cheat. You win the moral victory, but unfortunately that doesn't turn into a gold medal, so uh, stuff you. Yeah, tough. And like when, when in baseball they're all supposedly roided up and you know smashing home runs through the moon oh, and stuff. Were. like. Oh, they were. I watched baseball all that time. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but then, in a way, if that improves the product... Which you know it does more more home runs are more exciting as far as I'm concerned, like, and if everyone's doing it, if everyone's on a level elevated playing field, fucking whatever. Shit! Can you imagine like? Can you imagine the NHL on roids? Holy fuck! <laughs> so so I'd just be like the NHL in the eighties and the nineties. Actually, yeah, good point. Well, think of that. Yeah, good point. <laughs> can you imagine the NHL on roids? Yeah, I can clearly. <laughs> Don't I don't, I don't even need to. Yeah, I yeah. can just go on YouTube and watch archive footage. Yeah. Oh god, uh, something else as well. They only do the the drug team only do two no notice tests every year. I'm assuming that's per player, but that's bizarre. They only do two because if you say you have one in January and then one in May, that's it. <laughs> just fucking that's it. I'm off rampant. See you later. They're not coming for me again this year. Or if you have like two in October, yeah, bam, you're out of the way. Perfect. I can abuse myself for the rest of the year. Yeah, you wanna you wanna hope your last no notice test is like at least before the playoffs. Then you've got like the whole playoffs to get fucking. Oh no, just get injected. Bet they are. I absolutely bet they are. Because you never hear about like drugs te- like drugs testing in the NHL. I feel. No, the, only time, is... the only time to hear about it when people get fined, like Nate Schmidt yeah. now, Sean Hawkoff two years ago, and that's about it. Good good thing you mentioned that, Will. Here's another, this is the last thing I found out when I read this article, is that between 2005 and 2017, they've only suspended five players for PED use. Five? In, in 12 years. Five? That's, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, to be fair, if you just said to me, if you just said to me since 2005, how many players have they suspended? I would have been thinking, okay, no, not many, but I wouldn't have said five. I would have thought I just maybe missed the articles or I wasn't as deep into it then or something, so I didn't really pay attention to it enough or I was only just watching games and not caring about the news or but five. It's, it's a hard thing because that 
should be taken as a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, oh good, it's not as rampant as it could be. But you think it probably probably is so, isn't it? <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got. Especially to be. if the rules are as loose as they are. Yeah, with those rules, if, if you say only if you say between blah blah blah, only five players suspended, you're probably thinking, well, okay then, that's you know that's a good thing, like you say. But then when you read out the other rules I've just read out to you, the other problems of the drug policy, you then start thinking, well, clearly then it's the, the drug policy shit. And they just don't take it seriously. And I've said it a million times. I mean, God, how many times do you see players go off the ice? And you're just thinking, oh, God, he's done. And then, like, two days later, he's, or even a week later, you're thinking, Christ, how's that guy back after a week? That doesn't, you know, that's, that's not possible. Well, clearly well, it is possible if he's filling himself with shit. Well, this is it. That's the question of what is and isn't on the uh, on the banned substance list. Because exactly. if Nate, Nate, yeah, it's commonly known that you will get some sort of supplement, like yeah, a magic injection or whatever from from your team. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really intrigued by this now. I'm really intrigued by the whole thing and the whole drugs policy. I would love to find. I would love to get not a copy of it, but I would love to see if anyone's ever sort of documented it really in depth in an article or anything. I'd love to try and find that. Because I find this really amazing. Now, considering the the era that we're in, where a lot of leagues now are taking this kind of thing way more seriously. Oh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the ba- the baby's not been sleeping very well. So, funnily enough, I've not been sleeping very well. So neither of you. Yeah. It's a fun fun time. Um, yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting, but it's it's not necessarily um, a system you can take seriously when you know the only way <laughs> the only way players are getting done for recreational drug use, which we as we've said know is rampant, is when they're trying to smuggle it across borders, supposedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, it sort of sort of disregards. Yeah, it makes you uh, lose faith in the in the policy as a whole, really, doesn't it? I know. And then it's better it's combined, a... especially with instances like Nate Schmitz, where they've seemingly needlessly suspended him just for the sake of suspension. I know. 20 games for a 7 billion... Oh, Jesus, 20 games. It's just terrible, oh, isn't it? Like, fucking poor guy. I do, feel, I do feel bad for the guy. I really do. I think it's uh, I think it's mad. Anyway. Do we think it's hampered Vegas's chances at all? I don't know. It depends. On, it depends if their players start breathing too much around certain areas of the fucking <laughs> certain areas of the arena and stuff. They They'll have be, to uh, quarantine Nate Schmidt. Yeah, they need to bring hazmat suits when they go to certain areas in case they breathe in too many uh, fucking spores of whatever this banned substance was. What they need to do is make the dressing room a circle and concrete in all the corners. <laughs> Maybe it was no. I can't do another spider skit. I can't do another spider skittles joke. Fucking hell! It's turning. It's turning into a bit. Oh dear. Christ! All right. What have we got next, Dad? What have we got next? There's there's been stuff that's happened. There's been a lot of stuff. Do you know what? One thing I have to get off my chest. It's not hockey related, but I have to get it off my chest. <sighs> Because I have a public forum to talk, and fuck you, I'm going to talk. 
So is, listen, it's the thing that you have to get over your chest a Nike t-shirt because you're going to burn it in a bin. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking god, I can't take people's dumbness. I can't take it well. It it it's <sighs> driving us to distraction. The really the Is really dumb thing about that. So all right, go on, go on. Do the do do the introduction. Make sure people know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's Colin Kaepernick. All right, just quickly, if you're listening to this and you don't like Colin Kaepernick because you just because you just don't like him, that's fine. Fair enough. There are sports people I don't like. Steven Gerrard springs to mind. <laughs> I I just I now hate his face. <laughs> and. But if you don't like Colin Kaepernick because you think he's protesting the American flag or you think he's protesting the anthem or you think he's protesting the troops, then when you throw your fucking Nikes into the fire, please put your face in the fire as well and just melt it off and die. Okay? Do that favour for me and we'll call it square. Well, please. I can't can not. I cannot take the stupidity of people it's as i'm getting older it's getting worse like we've never actually met face to face but i walk around with like a permanent sour just <laughs> and i'm not really that miserable and sour but in my old age my despising of people and their idiocracy is just getting beyond manageable <laughs> and i'm gonna flip out I can't take it. People are burning their fucking Nike stuff because Colin Kaepernick is the face of Nike's new campaign. <sighs> no, let's let's break let's break it down just a little bit. People are burning their and destroying their Nike products because an African American who is campaigning against police brutality towards African Americans and other minorities. It's the face of Nike. Like it's not it's not because it's Colin Kaepernick. It's because of what he stands for. Yeah. It's because like it's it's because he's he stands for minorities and these people are fucking racists. The irony is well he doesn't stand for them. He kneels for them. Hey oh it's oh, willful it's willful ignorance. Like there's so much information about out there about how he started sitting, uh, like the first time he did it, he sat, but he spoke deliberately, sought out the advice of, of I believe it was a Marine, to say, yeah, how can I do this more respectfully? Former, he spoke to a former Marine about protesting peacefully, peacefully. He wasn't who said he, the who said he should kneel, and people are saying, oh, he's fucking kneeling, he's disrespecting the troops, he's disrespecting the flags. No, this man has gone out of his way more than anyone of you has fucking done. To ensure that he's not disrespecting the troops or disrespecting America, because he yeah. fucking loves America. He loves what America should be, not this twisted, hideous monster that it's become. There's so much about this that is unintentionally hilarious. I mean, in the fucking national anthem, is what's the line? Is it the land of the free? <laughs> no, it's not the land of the free, is it? Because if you have a disagreement with somebody, you're now going to set fire to clothes. Because that's rational. That's a normal thing to do, isn't it? The uh, the one that I love, um, I think it was it a golfer or something? No. You're going to say about some guy's socks? Yeah, the, the guy... 
<laughs> the guy who cut the top of his socks off so he yep. cut the Nike swoosh out. Yep. So, mate, obviously with all of these things, you've already bought the product. Nike can give less of a shit what you do with that product. But now you're, yeah. the mug. You're, you're the mug that's walking around with half a sock on. <laughs> <laughs> the only person you're inconveniencing is your fucking self, you dopey bastard. And someone made the great point was that you're taking a stand against something you believe in by peacefully removing an item of clothing. You're doing exactly the same thing that he did to make a point. Yeah, apparently he's wrong. And you're right. Fucking idiots. What? I, I, I love the idea of, like, that guy with the socks, you know, <laughs> standing next to someone like, oh, look at this. Pulls up his trouser leg a bit, shows the frayed top of his socks barely poking out over his brand new Adidas trainers. So, yeah, see this? <laughs> that stands oh, for I hate black people. I know. That's all it is. All he was doing, folks, was protesting because young black people kept getting shot and killed for no fucking reason. And I don't give a shit how you want to spin it. I don't give a shit how you want to spin it. That's the truth. Because we've all seen the videos. We've all seen the fucking, you know, the viral tweets and Facebook posts and everything. And people have phones now. And it's all it all gets videoed. And we see it all the time. It's an absolute fucking shambles. And... With fucking that orange-faced, golden-haired bastard in there, it's even worse. See, Dan, you've and just... Think, um, no, go on, finish. And I just think the fact, you know... It's just... It, okay. I don't want to... No, you have to say something, because my point's going to lead on to another... So, yeah, you go first, because my thing I'm going to say next is going to lead on to another discussion. So, go on. Well... <sighs> I was just going to say you've exposed yourself as a bit of a hypocrite really Dan <laughs> as you um, moments ago were citing the line in uh, the Star Spangled Banger saying the land of the free and now you're saying that racist police officers are not free to murder unarmed children as they wish which um, you know what? to me is not freedom once again, Will, you are the sobering ying to my raging yang. It's uh, <laughs> You've made a fantastic point. You're right, you know. And with, obviously, the Second Amendment, police officers have even more rights to bear arms against uh, people who might be holding a phone or a picture or, in the case of a, that time in England, a, a, a table leg to shoot them, you know. We have to, <laughs> we're about to, we have to keep table legs off. We have to keep table legs off the streets. Because they're a menace, Will. They're a menace. The the number of, of youths that die in London through to- table leg related crime every year is growing exponentially. It's true, and that's why I think over here we'll have to have we'll have to arm our police officers at some point. Um, I don't understand. I I I don't get. Now this is something. This is just a genuine question. This isn't a you know a rant about people's beliefs or anything, but. I don't understand the American fascination with their flag and their national anthem. I don't understand that at all, in any way. Now, I get being patriotic. So, like, when England play on the telly, that's my country. So, I want any sport, I want my country to win. So, I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, let's win. Will I sing the national anthem? No. Will I wave my flag? No. Because it's a piece of cloth with a pattern on it. That's all it is. Um, and I think the the way they've twisted it 
If they t- if they tried to twist it to me, the fuck I don't know. Raheem Sterling was getting all the shit during the World Cup. And if they said to me, oh, well, actually, if you watch during a national anthem, he's not singing the national anthem, I'd be thinking, right? I don't give a shit. I just want him to score goals. And I think the problem is, is that they've just, they've twisted it so much. Well, this is the problem. They've just twisted it so much that now it's all about that piece of cloth and that bit of music. And I don't, I don't get the, I don't get why they're so het up about that. I think it's like the cultural differences in our um, view of patriotism. Like, um, because. Is it it to do like the lack of history or something? And that's not a dig either, is it? Because it's. They don't have that. They don't have that thing, do they? They're like, okay, well, like, oh, in 1066, we fought the Battle of Hastings. We fought Robert the Bruce. We fought fucking Waterloo. We had the First World War. And, you know, we've had battles and all this kind of. You know, we've got. We've still got ruins here from castles that were built hundreds and hundreds of years ago for battles and things like that so you have that kind of historical like wow there was a battle there like you know we fought, like our ancestors fought in that whereas in america they don't they don't really have that do they well there, there's there always that point that you know all that theory that britain's been lo- around long enough as a country and like you say has enough history that we just don't give a shit anymore like we're over it like there's yeah there's too much but like i think it it might stem from the fact that it, there is that, that lack of history is what 200 years or whatever it is but yeah. i think it it's through like because like their schools and stuff they have to pledge allegiance to the flag and do that the, the pledge of allegiance sort of thing like it's so ingrained in them like i think in in certain ways i think it's similar to like our um like the way they intertwine education and patriotism the way that we intertwine patri- uh, sorry, education and religion. Like, you think about how many people had to sing hymns and assembly at school and stuff like that. Oh, that's that's the only sort of... That, yeah. yeah, like, that's the only p- parallel I can sort of draw. But I think it must be something to do with that. And and the fact that it's just part of their culture, like, it's it's a cultural difference. Like, for, for us, as you said, our only real patriotism comes through sport. Like that's the only time when the majority of English people... Uh, particularly interested in in being English and proud of being English, or like care about the flag or anything like that. So it's, I don't know. It's it's one of those ones that I don't think I'm ever going to fully understand because I'm not an American. I can't sit here and say, oh yeah, this is why they're so patriotic. I completely get it because because I don't. I I just don't. I haven't had the same experiences the that the average American has. So I'm not going to understand their view of their country and their flag and and their place in the world sort of thing. But I I really do think it is the fact that it's just so ingrained in their society that you're brought up with it being a thing, where over here it just isn't a thing. I know. I'd love to ask him. I'm I'm seeing... um, I mentioned my mate before he's moved back from America. His wife's Mm. American. I'm going to have to ask her, like, does she have an opinion on it? What does she think? Why does she think the reason is? Because I just... I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just baffled by it. I'm really baffled by it. Um, I don't know. Anyway, let's get off that. Let's get off that. Yeah, come on. Let's talk about something. There's still more hockey to talk about. There is. Let's talk about something um, really fun for you, Will. Uh, Tyler Sagan's contract. Oh, mate, I'm fucking going home. (laughs) Going to bed. (laughs) Fuck this shit. He's flipping the table. (laughs) Um, Oh, God. 
What do you think is going on here? What do you think is going on here? Do you think he's asking for too much? And do you think they don't want to give too much? What do you think is happening? It's, you want it's to get hard. As soon as possible. It's hard because no matter what Sagan's asking for to an extent, like, fucking pay the man. Like, he's a he's a 26-year-old top-line centre. Uh, I don't necessarily have the stats in front of me, but I think he's like the... He's within the top five for scoring over the last, like, since he came to Dallas. I think goal scoring-wise... Yeah, wasn't it crazy? He was second or something in the last five years or something like he that. Has, goals. He has scored a fucking lot of points. It was something... Um, yeah, it was yeah, crazy. I, that really surprised me. I think he's either second or third. He's he's definitely behind Ovi. I think yeah. he might be behind, be behind Stamkos as well. Yeah. Since he came to Dallas, but I can't... I can't remember it, but either way, he's in he the top right fucking. There. He's in the top five for both since he came to Dallas. And yeah, you know, if you ask me, that's a fucking quality player that you had to pay there. And yeah, like, he's elite for sure, like absolute elite. Like even one of those, maybe he's definitely. And he's he's right in. Yeah, there, there's a bit of debate about when a player's prime is now, and some would argue that he's already passed his prime. But at the very least, by yeah, you know, your sort of standard measures, he's right in the middle of his prime and he's got a lot of years left where he's going to be a very, very um, productive player and a, and a huge part of Dallas's core. Um, I can't imagine it being a money thing. I, I don't know what's holding it up. Um, the the quotes that no Sagan way. had... It must be money because there's no way it's going to be term. Is there? It must be money. Oh, it's, going, it's going to be a straight eight year. You you yeah. wonder whether there's because Jamie Ben's on, well the last contract I think there's seven years left now, but it's it's nine and a half million per, and he had the max eight years. So you wonder whether there's part of the organisation, be it the owner or just Jim Neal, that's trying to say, oh either we don't want to pay you that much, or that we don't want to pay you more than Ben, or we don't want to pay you too much more than Ben. Because I think even salary percentage-wise, like percentage of the cap, uh, if Sagan had the same percentage that Ben had when he signed his deal, it'd only be like ten and a half million, which is less than John Tavares signed for, as an example. Um, yeah. And then, like you say, when it comes to money, they you also worry that they're looking at deals like Stephen Stamkos has signed. Yeah, obviously he went to free agency, re-signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's a criminal. Eight and a half million per for eight years, which is just loopy, absolutely yeah. kind of loopy. And you come back to Crosby, don't you? As well, as well. Uh, yeah, Crosby's a hard one though, because like where the cap was when he signed that one, that was a big chunk of the cap as well. Yeah, that's that's, like yeah, t- you know what? Yeah, that's a, good, that's a really good point. That's a really good he, point. He took a bit of a hometown discount, but you're only looking at like well, as much as Nate Schmidt's going to be fine this year. Um, <laughs> and then T- Tampa throw another another spanner in the works where Nikita Kucherov has just signed for what nine and a half million was it as well? Yeah, I think so. So, so I could easily see, you know, the stars saying, "Look, Ben's got a nine and a half. These other great players who have signed recently with their own club have got no more than nine and a half. Sure, John Tavares has got eleven, but you're not John Tavares. Blah blah blah." We're only going to offer you nine and a half. I can see that being a sticking point, but if it is, it's fucking stupid. Because like the start, I know the stars currently have his rights, and in that respect, they have all the cards. But 
you know, we're less than a year away from Sagan hitting free agency. There's nobody in the pipeline who has a chance of replicating what he does for that club. Like yeah. Sagan has him over a barrel. Like he sh- he can demand whatever he wants, and the stars just have to say yes if they want to keep him, or they can lose him. And you're you're not going to get a Tyler Sagan if you trade him, and if you lose him for nothing, out of John Tavares, there's going to be fucking hell to pay. I know, and that's the thing is that you, again, like you're saying about he's in his prank. Well, yeah, what forty goals last year? Are you, is it forty goals exactly you got? Or, or yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, I probably should yeah. know this, but yeah, 40 goals, let's say. Let's have a lot of goals. Yeah, 40 goals, 78 points um, altogether. Yeah. Um, do you think with the Tavares thing, he's looking at maybe, if he's thinking the Stars, you say, you say he goes to the Stars and they may have said, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll match Jamie Benn's offer. And he's going to say, well, hang on a minute, I, I got 40 goals last year. Like John Tavares is getting 11 million. Why, why not get me close to that? And then they're like, and then they're thinking, oh well, we don't want to give, you know, we don't have, to, we don't have twenty million tied up in two players because we've seen how that goes. Like, hello, Chicago Blackhawks. Um, do they then think, oh shit, <laughs> he's not taking nine and a half? Or I don't know, I don't know, I don't understand why it's not happened. Or do you think he is? Like, do you think he wants to maybe test the market a little bit? I mean, he's not I... said that, has he? he? Said he said that he's. You know, he wants to be signed, and he's a bit. You know, he said, "I thought I'd have some good news, and I've, but I've got nothing to talk about." Um, this is it. The, the quotes that he's given, and like the little sort of snippets of media scrums that we've seen. The word that he that comes up time and time again is disappointed. He's disappointed that it hasn't happened yet. He's disappointed by the lack of um, lack of communication over the summer, and it just it doesn't seem like you know negotiating in the media sort of thing. It does seem like he's he's being quite honest in that in that respect. So I don't think he necessarily wants to test free agency, but at the same time we were all sitting here last year and John Tavares is saying I love Long Island, I bleed blue and orange, blah blah blah. All the while he's going over the uh, is it being Velen in the new arena and all that kind of stuff, wasn't he? This is it and all all the while he's going back to his apartment on Brooklyn and worshipping his Matt Sandine statue and all that. So I mean you oh, can just just quickly, sorry. I saw, um, I can't remember what it was. I was reading something on the hockey Twitter about something and something. And somebody said, oh, yeah, like fucking Pajama Boy did. <laughs> so that's a great nickname for Tavares is Pajama Boy. <laughs> it really made me chuckle. Fucking Pajama Boy. <laughs> pajama like, Boy. It's, it's been such a dead, like, six weeks in the hockey universe that I'd, I've forgotten about all the fun stuff that had happened earlier in the summer, like Tavares signing the Leafs and all that, like... It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be good to have the season back. But just just one last little thing on the stars and the Sagan contract as well. Like people who don't follow the stars closely might not really realize or appreciate how massive a season this is for the stars. So the stars have only made the playoffs twice since Jim Neal took over before the twenty thirteen fourteen season. Why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell us, Will, how massive it's gonna be? I will gladly tell you it's about <laughs> as massive as it can possibly fucking get because if the, if the stars don't re-sign Sagan uh, Jim Miller has gone and then they go into a period of rebuild slash darkness which they were in before Jim Neal took over um, if they do re-sign Sagan and they still miss the playoffs Jim Neal has gone and then that's going to bring in a whole upheaval of 
goodness knows what you're going to have a new GM potentially get through another coach as well because Jim Montgomery wouldn't be the hire of the new GM all of that sort of nonsense that comes along with changing your general manager and then again worst case scenario they don't re-sign Sagan and they miss the playoffs fucking Dallas is going to be blown off the face of the earth basically do you think maybe Sagan's wait? Do you think maybe Sagan's maybe waiting for more hockey reasons? If he is waiting, we're well, obviously again speculation here. If he is waiting for hockey, if he is waiting to sign anything, do you think it could be for hockey reasons? In that he he was uh, God, I saw him on some. What was he talking about? He was on a video or something. I think it was on YouTube. It was like a little ten minute piece about him, and he said that it just it just frustrates him so much to not be in the playoffs. He mm. said he said because I had a cup at eighteen. He said, I thought, well, yeah, I'll, I'll probably come back and do this again. And then he went back two years later, after they lost to the Blackhawks. And he said, even then he thought, well, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably come back again. And he said, been since then, it's obviously just dwindled and dwindled and seemingly got worse every year. And he said, he's still in a WhatsApp. He's still in a WhatsApp chat group with that whole team that won the cup from when he was 18. And they still talk about it. And they still, you know, message now and again and have little chats. Do you think he's waiting to see, obviously, a new coach and... If it turns out like, you know, midway through the season that the stars are not maybe already out of it, but not performing as well, then you just might say, all right, I, I need to go somewhere else because I'm desperate for that fucking, I'm desperate for that cup. I think I've, I think that's definitely a, a possibility. I Again, I think it's probably on the stars end for, for why this hasn't been done yet. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if Sagan is holding out for whatever reason, I could absolutely see it being, being hockey-related reasons. He wants to get into the new season see what they can do. Because, I mean, they were a good club for the majority of last year. If it wasn't for, like, an eight-game stretch in, in May, they were going to make the playoffs. They weren't playing nice hockey. They were playing pretty hockey by any stretch of the imagination, but they were going to get the job done. It's just a, an absolute implosion in March that um, that led them to miss. But um, on, on that, you know, Sagan... You know, being used to winning cups before he even got to Dallas, and and the expectation of how his career would have gone. Um, how many uh, how many playoff games do you think Tyler Sagan has played in the Stars uniform? Oh God, I hate these questions. It's always either it's either really it's going to be stupidly low or stupidly high, and I'm not going to realise it. How many games has Tyler Sagan played in the Stars uniform? Is it something like? Eight or something like that. Yeah, you're about as close as you could be. He's played seven playoff games in a Stars Fucking uniform. Hell. Fucking hell! Partly, partly because he was injured in the um, uh, in the fifteen sixteen run. So he only played one game that year, and he played six in two thousand fourteen. But still, he's played seven games since uh, playoff games since two thousand thirteen, and. Uh, I'm not going to lie, if I was in Tyler Sagan's shoes, I'd probably be sitting around thinking, right, I want to have a look and see what's going to happen this year, how good this side's going to be, before I you know, commit eight years to a team that hasn't fulfilled its commitment to me, quite frankly. And that's that's seven, game, seven games where, for the majority of it, both Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan were coming in for a cap hit of under $6 million each. The the thing that really worries me as a fan of the Dallas Stars Hockey Club is I look at this situation and I think this is exactly where the Islanders were this time last year. 
all the reasons that we, you know, um, sided with John Tavares for not wanting to stay on Long Island, you know, they haven't done enough to make the most of his prime when he wasn't making a lot of money. They haven't made the playoffs enough. They haven't, you know, too little, too late and all that nonsense. Like, it can all be applied to the Dallas Stars. Like, Jim Miller's tried his hardest to make some good moves, but he's made some fucking howlers as well. I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess oh, thanks, Dan. I'm really glad you agree with that. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> really, really glad. Thanks for talking me off the ledge. No, I mean, you make, you make a good point. I'm just wondering if... Uh... Oh God! Are we going to be seeing Tyler Sagan, the Tyler Sagan picture? It's going to be the famous picture of him in his fucking—I don't know—his fucking pajamas with his with his favorite club on or something. Where's he from, actually? He's he's, a, he's from Ontario, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good old Ontario boy. So he's going to end up playing four five minutes for the Leafs, isn't he? So, so yeah, he's going to be on the fucking Leafs third line. <laughs> you see, he's going to sign he's going to a hometown discount to win the club. He's going to sign for $12 million a year for seven years to be a healthy scratch in Toronto. <laughs> Pajama Boy 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I do think that uh, I do think he'll resign. I think it'll all get sorted out, but it's just frustrating that it's not sorted out. Like This, is, this should be the most straightforward thing that any hockey club does all summer. It should just be, what do you want, Tyler? All right, fair enough. Sign on the dotted line. Yeah, and if you're Tyler Sagan as well, like little things will start to creep. Like me, like little things will start to creep into your head. It's like, I scored forty motherfucking goals last year. Why not just give me whatever I want? Like I scored forty goals. I'm like, like you said, second or third highest scorer in the last five years. Cumulatively, cumulative. Christ, cumulatively. I think yeah. yeah. It's not even yeah, and again, it's. 26 now he's going to be 20, I think be 20 yes he'll be 27 only when he becomes a UFA if he becomes a UFA he'll be 27 yeah. and then even an 8 year deal 30, yeah 35 that's fine I think in today's market that's again we, we expect that all we expect we expect that now so even that's but not a problem I don't yeah think. if the first half of it is is worth it then the whole deal's worth it you know exactly well I want to cry and go to bed now <laughs> Sorry. Oh dear. Sorry. Um, I didn't realise about the. It's not about that Tavares. Um, what's the word? The uh, similarities there. Com- yeah, yeah, the comparables. True. Yeah, very true. Shit. Well, some of the, Well, speaking of contracts and being in a huge fucking mess, um, Max Pacioretty's agent in the past. Because uh, I think it was. I think this happened just after we uh, did the last show, didn't we? Alan Walsh has uh, come out there and defended his man. Loves the city, wants to stay. He wants to stay, and he loves the city. And will Max Pacioretty loves the city, and even wants to stay. I'm just checking that you've got that. Did you know that? I, I did know that, and I've actually just had a um, a bit of breaking news come into my twisty little ear monitor. Yeah. Um, it's saying that Max Pacioretty has just donated $10 million to a local children's hospital. Oh, shit. Confirmed leaving then. Is it? <laughs> That's that then. Broke it at first, folks. Pacioretty's yeah. just been traded. Loves the city and wants to stay. And, and yeah. what's, the, what's the latest quote? He won't, won't negotiate with anybody during the season. No. Why are players doing this? What's the point of having an agent 
If you can't say to your agent, right, I want this, I want this, just get it sorted. That's the agent's job. That's why you have agents. Well, if you're my agent and I say to you, right, that's it. We're going to get to October the 1st. If nothing's sorted out by then, every other, just all the teams can just fuck off. Just tell them all to fuck off and we're not going to bother even negotiating. Because, like, <laughs> that's so stupid. That's the agent's job. You say to the agent, I want this term, I want this much money. Get as damn near to it as you can. And that's it. You need to just, just go and play your game. I love the um, I love the blanket statement of I won't negotiate with anyone during the season. Yeah. Like, like he's got a couple of nights off in Montreal. He's he's at home. He's back with his wife. So I was, I, like, yeah, oh, I was gonna say, no, maybe we should watch a film tonight, Matt. It's like, yeah, I want to watch Sicario too. It's like, oh, I was thinking a bit more of The Greatest Showman. I don't fucking negotiate <laughs> during the season. It's Sicario two where I'm walking. <laughs> Yeah, but his wife, his wife could be like, walking to where? <laughs> you haven't got anywhere else to go. You have to stay here. To the cinema to watch Sicario 2. Yeah. It's sport imitating life, Max. <laughs> yeah, his wife's like, can you take out the bins? No. Oh, fine. What about, if, what about if I wear some sexy underwear? I'm not negotiating. No, that's it. Fucking hell, all right. <laughs> She's like, talking to one of her friends, I'm like, I hate it when it's during the season. He just refuses to negotiate about anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting, though, because he... If he loves it, because he obviously was the... the oh, God, what was his former agent? He was mates with Bergevin. Pat... Brissa, pa- Pat, Pat Brisson. Brisson. Yeah. Uh-huh, and he changed, he, changed from, he changed from him, didn't he? Um, Told Alan Walsh. Was, Alan Walsh has yeah. already got the me- memo. He's like, right, I understand next. Loves the city, yeah. hates negotiating. Who wants a piece? It's just ridiculous, though. It's you see the Max Pacioretty situation. It's very similar to the Eric Carlson situation, which is very similar to all the other situations around the fucking league this summer, because nothing is happening when loads of things should have already happened. Yeah, like. Matt, like Patrick is going to get traded at some point because Mark Bergevin hates him because he hasn't found a healthy way to redirect his hatred towards PK Subban. Like <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna go because Bergevin's decided he's gonna go, and yet for some reason it just hasn't fucking happened. Like the whole like was there a lockout between May and September that nobody told us about? Is that why nothing Maybe. has happened? Maybe the news didn't travel over to us on this side of the pond. I don't know. I don't know, but it's like... It, it just reeks of one of those inevitable ones, doesn't it? You think so, don't you? But it's so... Do you know what it is for me? It's not that It's not that nothing's happened that should have happened. It's just that all these situations are so fucking weird. They're all so weird. I don't understand what's going on with these teams and these players and... GMs obviously clearly hate players, but I kind of want to trade them, but maybe don't want to trade them. They believe they're worth more than they are. Then the players are thinking, well, I don't want to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm also not negotiating with anybody. I don't negotiate at all. Well, no, that's not your job to negotiate. That's your agent's job. That's why you have agents. Why are you giving that guy fucking 12% or whatever the fuck it is if you won't let him negotiate for you? Then there's players who are just should clearly have already left by now and they've not gone anywhere. 
then there's players you think are going to stay and they're getting traded. There's team, but then some teams have managed to just like I said, like the other week, the Sabers have managed to just completely turn, and the Rangers have just gone right, fuck it, we're doing something, and they've just gone crazy and made all these changes in about in the space of like a fucking a week. And I got it's so odd. It's all so odd. The the thing I love about the valuation of these players that are being traded, like like Max Pacioretty, like um, or like Jeff Skinner before he was actually traded, it was like right. This player's worth this much to me. This, I think this player's worth this much in a trade, but he's not actually worth this much to me because I want to get rid of him. <laughs> it's like the yeah. the pure hypocrisy of like, now nah, you have to give me a first, you have to give me the going rate, but I don't want to keep him, so fuck you. Like, it's just yeah, it doesn't apply to like you know, the the situation in Ottawa because the players don't want to fucking be there. But oh, mate, it's. One one that I was thinking about um, this morning, Dan, that um, was, uh, you know, jogged my memory of the situation. Do you remember yeah. when? Um, what do you know about Carolina's decor going into next season? Who are, who are the top six defensemen for Carolina Hurricanes? Carolina's decor going into next. Hang on, this season or the season after this? Yeah, this season. This season. So Carolina's decor for this season. As as it stands today. I'm very confused by the question, Will. <laughs> okay, so because I'm now now I'm thinking it's one of those simple questions I'm gonna be like getting wrong or should I be like the, Okay, yes, the, obviously you've got you've got Dougie, you've got um got Dougie. someone else. Uh, uh, the, the, this is what I forgot. Uh, Calvin Dehan. Calvin Yeah, Calvin Dehan. Justin Fox there, obviously. Yeah, and then they got oh Hayden Flurry, Hayden Flurry. Yeah, there you go. And then you got Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci as well. Oh yeah, as your top six defensemen. And to, to me, I remember back in like April, May, June, June, whatever it was, people saying, "Right, Carolina, I've got too many D. One of them has to go." And yet here we are, the start of September. They've got, granted, it's an incredible D if you end up playing bloody Brett Pesci or Justin Falk on your third pair. But it's just yeah. little things like that. They're like, you go into the summer thinking, right, the, the Hurricanes have to trade one of their D men. And yet it just hasn't fucking happened. No, you're right. And that's still with players like Trevor Van Reems, like Jake Bean and a, a bunch of other D prospects knocking on the door to try and get playing time. And they're just overloaded like it's it's just weird even even straightforward things like that like I have too many of a good thing are, are being held up for no uh, no apparent reason I know I, I was going to say I'd like to your comment about um, uh, who's the King's GM I always forget his fucking name Rob Lake Rob Lake Rob Lake yeah, it's Rob Blake. Imagine Rob Blake's on the phone to because obviously the rumour was that Patrick was going to the Kings and Rob Blake's on the phone to. Oh, hi Mark, it's, uh, it's Rob Blake here, Kings GM. Oh hello Mark, how are you? Yeah, Mark, thanks. Uh, Max Patrick, what's the what's the situation there? We do not like him. I do not like him. I once saw him shake PK Subban's hand. He has the taint. He must go. He must be got rid of immediately. I hate him. I hate his face. I hate all of his faces. I hate his wife. I hate his kids. That's fine. We're going to give you a second and a third. No, he is an amazing player. I need everything. <laughs> Mark, you hate him. Let's just take him off your hands. No, no. 
<laughs> Fucking hell. It's true. I look, I look, that, that's, oh, you've nailed it. Is that these GMs just want to trade with these players so much, but they also don't because they just want to get so much for them, which is just ridiculous. They they put too much value in the things they don't want. Yeah. It's like my wife when she goes like clothes shopping. <laughs> she this will look nice. No, I don't. Don't buy it. Like six months later, still on the rack. Still got the tag on. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say to you. Fucking hell, speaking about the Habs. I, I had a question, because I, I messaged you last Saturday. Because where I, where I live, folks, it's kind of a little quiet town in uh, the middle of England, in Cheshire. Not a burgeoning hockey scene here. You know, you might be surprised to learn that. Uh, I walked past in... I was walking out of a shop in my town, and there was a guy in a Canadian's in a Canadian's cap. And I kind of looked at him very... Oh, that's odd. Because it's very, it's very weird for me to see anybody around here in any kind of hockey paraphernalia of any kind. So I said, I, when I got home, I said to my wife, I, said, I just hit, again, conversation with my wife who could care less about anything to do with hockey in any way. But I explained the situation. And I said, would it have been weird? <laughs> I'll ask you this question, Will. Would it have been weird if I'd have gone to him, oh my God, hockey fan? <laughs> would that have been like totally odd? Or would you have thought, he would have thought, oh, cool, another hockey fan? I, th- I think if he'd have done it word for word, oh my God, hockey fan, it would have been weird just well, no, because but... that's not really an appropriate use of English. You know, <laughs> obviously, I, I would have worded it a lot more eloquently. I think, um, no, I, d- I, d- I don't think it is weird. I d- the only way it's weird is if it turns out that he's just wearing a hat. Like, you know, if that's the thing. Like you, you see, plenty of people wearing New York Yankees hats, but yeah, you know, they are being approached and saying, "Oh, you're a big baseball fan, are you?" It's like, no, I'm absolutely not. What you're talking about? But I think this is where like I have a bit of a battle with my brain. Like there are certain teams that if I see someone wearing the paraphernalia, especially if it's just a hat or something, I tend to think like, "Nah, chances are you're not actually a fan. You just picked it up at JD Sports or whatever." Yeah. Like if someone's wearing like a king's hat or a shark's hat or whatever, even maybe like a ranger's hat, and I think it'd extend to like the bigger teams, like the like the Canadians or whatever. Um, but at the same time, like um, take a chance, take a chance. Like if you see someone wearing a wearing a bit of hockey paraphernalia, go up to them, say oi oi, what a what a go on with your paraphernalia, sir. Oi oi. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, that's way better than... Oh, my God, a hockey fan. Easy. (laughs) All right, me old China. What's happening? But no, I think... Better the pack then, mate. I I think especially, like, if you you live in, you know, relatively remote areas, as we do, you know, less less out of the metropolitan scope. Yes, it's worth, you know, fucking, you know, risk it for a chocolate biscuit. Worst case scenario, he, made, he just says no, I, and then he yeah. goes up and says to his wife, "Oh, some fucking weirdo tried to talk to me." I, to be fair, I'm comfortable doing that. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. Well, no, but then then you go home with the hope that you've made that person feel really awkward about wearing <laughs> wearing a logo that they know nothing about. Yeah, that's true. 
That's I know what the... you made an X. Ex- you've made another excellent point. That might actually be the a... best case scenario. Yeah, because if it was a T-shirt, any can not not like a jersey, like the not the team jersey, but just a T-shirt with the logo on, I would have said it for sure. But because it was a hat, I took a second and thought, oh, did he just pick up that hat because he was on holiday and needed a hat, and he just grabbed it from somewhere. <sighs> Do you know what I mean? Like he went on holiday to Canada and just one day it was sunny so he's like, oh, I better get a cap. So he just grabbed it, didn't know what it was or anything. Because that happened back in the day with me because I was obviously growing up an NFL fan and loads of people around where I lived used to wear Raiders caps because like the gangster rappers wore them so they thought they were cool and you have no idea what that was. A girl... <laughs> Shit, I've just remembered. My cousin used to go out with a girl and she had a Paris Saint-Germain jacket and it was... And when I first saw it, I, I was blown away. I said, where'd you get that? She said, oh, I was in Paris. I was in this little cool boutique and I picked it up. I mean, my cousin then looked at each other and went, oh, do you not know what that is? I mean, this is like, I mean, we're talking 20 years ago. This wasn't like two days ago. <laughs> like now Paris Saint-Germain are kind of world famous. No, this was Paris Saint-Germain way back in the day. And she said, no, what is it? And he said, it's a football jacket. She said, what do you mean? I said, that's a fo- that crest... The, the Red Eiffel Tower, that's a football team's logo. You're wearing a football team's jacket. And she was just, are oh, you fucking kidding? It's fucking bullshit. And that's she'd only got it because it looked cool. And it did look really nice, but it was clearly a jacket for a football team. And she had no idea. And I just thought, oh God, if I say something to this guy, he's going to look at me like I'm peculiar. But that's it. Next <laughs> like time. you've been touched. Yeah, next time I'm going to say, next time I'm going to say something. Like, oh my God, are you, are you a hockey fan? No, but what? <laughs> if he says, yeah... What do I say then? Cool. See you later. <laughs> nice. So am I. Uh, great. That would have been even worse as well. Because if he was actually a hockey fan, he would have been like, who do you support? Bruins. Fuck off. Okay, no worries. Let's have it. <laughs> yeah, just get into a fight outside fucking little. Put your carrier bag down. I'm going to wind you the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. We'd have to get... We'd have to get... We'd have to get somebody in a black and white striped shirt to ref us. <laughs> fucking special guest referee. Yeah, wait there, mate. I need to go, I need to go in the shop and see if anyone's wearing any black and white stripes. <laughs> Come here, mate. I need you to ref this fight. But I think it's like it's so easy to talk yourself out of those situations. Like I, um, I was in, I forget where I was. I was at some fucking birthday party, and um, we were just leaving in some proper quaint little English village, proper like, yeah, just proper midsummer murder sort of shit. And okay. I see. There's some guy walking down the road, maybe 80, 100 yards away, like far enough away that, yeah, you can't necessarily make out what he's wearing or whatever. And my missus says, I think that guy's wearing a hockey jersey. It's like, all right, well, let's have a little look, shall we? And he's coming coming towards us, and he is wearing a hockey jersey, and he's wearing one of those oldish Oilers jerseys. Do you remember when they had that, like, weird gear logo? It's like a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, like a proper navy blue with like the white stripes on the sleeves. He's wearing one of those yeah, yeah. Oilers jerseys. And I forget what oh, it shit. said on the back, but I think it was like personalised. Like it might have had his surname on it or something. And I I batted it. I didn't say anything to him. I just watched him walk oh. past. I was like, that's fucking odd, isn't it? And like, it's, it's little things like that. Like, why would anyone be wearing that Oilers jersey if they weren't an Oilers fan? And I think from... yeah. Moving forward, sure. if I see someone wearing blatant, deliberate hockey merchandise, it's got to be... You've got to say something to them, haven't you? Like, yeah, you do. And I think, you know I think you know what? I think I've 
in the time it was taken for me not to listen to your story then, I think I've... Um... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was... Uh... I think if it's any hockey, even if it's a cap, they just don't sell random NHL caps anywhere, do they? It's not like, like I say, it's not like a Raiders cap or... Like, like even like you're saying, like you know, like the Blackhawks or the Rangers or the Canadians or something. You don't just get those in your local fucking JD Sports, do you? They're just not there. Like, there's the, a JD Sports ten minutes from my house, and there's there's no hockey stuff in there, not even caps. And they sell everything. They sell like, they sell fucking, oh god, like obscure and like Indiana Pacers caps. I'm like, who's buying Indiana Pacers caps from the NBA here? Nobody. So I mean, you know, I th- I think it was the chance. If it's not the Ducks and it's not a California team, I think you're in good standing that, you know, nine times out of ten you're going to find a hockey fan. Yeah, just go for it. Or, you know, either a hockey fan or someone that, like you say, oh, I was on holiday in New Jersey and I picked up this Devil's jersey because I thought it was cool. And even then you can just be like, all right, fair enough. And then, you know, like, hear me, British hockey fans, if you're listening to me, like... You have yes. a res- you have a responsibility yes. to spread this game, especially if, preach, if brother, you preach. If you find someone wearing apparel, yeah, a jersey, a hat, a t shirt, a pair of fucking pants or whatever for a team, like speak to them, and if they aren't a hockey fan, be like, oh, you might want to check them out. Blah blah blah. Like it's I know it's yes. fucking awkward and it's proper cringy, but it's like. If we want this game to grow to be as big as it, even even just as big as it is in America, like we have to do the work as people on the ground who are fans of of the sport. Like I, I think in the time that I've I've played ice and roller, I've yeah I've met more people who play hockey and don't follow the NHL than I've ever met NHL fans. And you know, not to blow my own horn or whatever, but the NHL fans I have met and know are ones that I've converted into NHL fandom. Like, it's it's like, there are people out there who enjoy the sport, there are people out there who are receptive to what the sport has, as we've said before, Dan, like, it's the closest thing to football there is in another sport. It's just, there has to be a bit of, a bit of a push to to get people to actually check it out and, and let the light of, of Gary and, and his Batmans into their into their hearts. Oh, I fucking love that. Yeah, if you're yeah if you're listening to this and you're a UK fan of hockey, just you know, oh hockey fan, cool. Maybe just strike up a little conversation. We need like a we need, we need a hashtag for this movement. Will I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> um, I don't know. Shit, I don't know. We need to be like a guerrilla street team sort of thing. Yeah, with the NHL street team, NHL UK street team. That's too wordy. We need we need to we need to work on this. We need to we need to book a conference room, well, and uh, get down to it. Get some get yeah, some PowerPoint so slides going. But yeah, yeah, like you say, like. But here's, yeah, here's my vow. Here's my vow to you. If I see anybody now in any any hockey paraphernalia of any kind, that's it. I'll just say, oh, cool, hockey fan, and maybe they'll say no, but that's fine. That's all right. Yeah, all you've done is lost a minute of your life. To be fair, it was no different to me talking to girls back in the day when I just got shunned all the time. So I don't mind bothered now with hockey fans. And and I think especially if if you see someone in the wild, like chances are they're local to you as well. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Ch- chances are you're going to find someone 
you might make a new friend, Dan. And yeah. what's better? What's better than friends? I mean, loads of things, but that's not the point. Um, well, I did get just quickly. Last thing on this before we go on something else. I did get a dirty look from a Celtic fan in Wales, which was very annoying because, as you know, as a, what were you wearing a Rangers jersey or? Don't even joke about that, Will. Come on now, <laughs> mate. There's not many rules I have, you know. Seriously, um, <laughs> not, not many standards do you have. No, but come on, Canal. Yeah, walking through Wales on holiday last year, and there was a guy in a Celtic shirt. I was like, "Oh man, cool shirt!" And he looked at me like I just, you know, tried to throw one of his kids off the pier or something. I was like, "Dude, we're in Wales. I'm trying to show some solidarity to my like my Celtic brother here." And he just gave me this dirty look. All right, fine. Fuck you then. What an arsehole. I know. Very annoyed. All right then. Ah, oh, we've got. All right, let's do one more thing. Do you want to do one more thing? Do you want to go? Do you want to do yeah, one go on. Go on. Let's have one more because we haven't really done a lot. <laughs> do you know what it is? The time goes so quickly, and I, and, and I start to think we're not talking much, have we? Fucking an hour and a half. An hour and a half. We've talked about four things. I know. Oh, do we just save this till next time? I was gonna do. I was gonna say, should we look at teams that should tank this year or do their best to tank? Not teams that end up playing bad, but teams that it looks like all right, they're fucking dogging this on purpose, or teams that nah, should say that. I think I think we should do that next week, and we should be a bit more. We should this. This is our last summer episode. Like no more, no more dicking about next yeah, week. True. We'll true. we'll get get straight into it. No more nonsense. Next week, next week, this show is going to be really good. <laughs> it's, going to be, it's going to be fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, yeah, I do think we're leading off next week with half an hour of spiders and skittles. You're crazy. One of my um, one of my mates who uh, listens to the podcast sort of intermittently. Again, one of the aforementioned hockey players who doesn't follow hockey. Um, of course. To, to, told me the other day, he tuned in and said... It was like it was weird because like the first forty five minutes you were just talking about fry ups. <laughs> Fucking excellent, mate. There you go. Sounds weird when you put it like that, doesn't it? Yeah. To be fair though, that was a fucking quiet week. That was the quietest two weeks ever in hockey, maybe. Because like you say, nothing's fucking happened. No, what, what? These trades that meant to have happened have not happened. What do you mean quiet? Pete Dockett, you smashed a, a mega breakfast <laughs> in nineteen minutes. <laughs> that's what I was saying when you say Bob breaks a hundred meter sprint. I was going to say, oh mate, it's too it's too late in the evening for English. It's too late in the evening for English, definitely. All right, then, just quickly, let's finish on a let's finish on a, a proper a proper hockey thing. Uh, Blake Wheeler's contract. Good. Go on then. You agree? You like you like that contract? <sighs> I, yeah. Too much for you. I, I don't know. Like I liked it when I first saw it, but I've been very susceptible to. The influence of Tyler Dello and cohorts that are reminding me that he's thirty-one, and he's just been given what six years and eight million was it or five? We've well, got another year this year oh. at five point six, and then five years in... now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's, so he's thirty-two. I don't really. It's a bit. It's it's a hard thing because like Blake we'd had a. Incredible season last year. Great player. Um, yeah, somebody put his somebody put his stats up, and I mean, like you know, the fancy stats guys, and they just you know, yeah, he is. Fuck, he was amazing last year. 
I in all aspects. Again, I'm probably butchering this, but I think since 2005, he has the most primary assists on the power. Excuse me, on the power play out of any other player. Jesus. Yeah, it was just yeah. one of those weird little stats that I I never would have thought that. No. You know, Blake Wheeler would never be the player that I'd guess that has that record. Um, there's no question in that he's he's an incredible player, but like, I don't know. Like, I suppose to an extent, the Jets had to give in to his demands because he's at a time now where he could go to free agency next year and clean up. Like, yeah, unless he has some ridiculous drop off of a season he's going to be very much in demand next year. So the Jets were a little bit painted into a corner. But, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And if they're just hitting their their, content, their window of contention, they've got some players on really reasonable deals. Hello, Mark Shifley, uh, Nick Ehlers. Nick Ehlers, uh, yeah. So they can afford to overplay, overpay players like uh, like Blake Wheeler. So, yeah, I'm, I think I'm all right with it. It's not, it's not great, but considering the situation... Fair play, got to do what you got. There are worse players to overpay than Blake Wheeler. Yeah, I think as well it's um, it's Winnipeg. So if if a player wants to stay there, just tie him down to whatever he wants because you can't get anyone else in there, can you? <laughs> Nobody wants to go there. If if you can trick someone to signing a contract Into for staying. more than one year, yeah. like <laughs> you pay them whatever they you want. You know, like you know when you go, you know, like you say about you know, like um, certain teams don't have the state tax, like teams in Florida. There's the Winnipeg tax, which costs more. So to st- to get them to sign. <laughs> so Blake, we're gonna give you a new deal. We're thinking maybe five point six again. You know, you're thirty two. It's gonna be eight million. Yeah, but it's Winnipeg. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Eight million. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten where we were. Do forgive me, Blake. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Blake. How silly of me. <laughs> but at the same time, like, this is a deal that could go very badly as soon as this year. Yeah. It's that drop off, man. You never know when that drop off is, do you? you exactly. Just... I mean, but he's he, said big... he had such a good year. He had, and to be fair to Blake, just sorry, to just to be fair to Blake Wheeler, last year was the first time that you really started to see people, pay, and me included, really pay attention to him and go, "Hang on a minute, this guy's playing fucking great hockey," and he's like, you know, he's one of the reasons this team's playing so well. He's he's been fantastic for years, but you're right. It's the one where he finally just grabbed that national attention and was like yeah. bam I'm fucking here and and it was you know not even just the points he put up the fact that he stepped in for Shifley when Shifley went down like this is a a player that's versatile he does it does it both into the rink a uh, complete player uh, 200 foot game uh, and like <laughs> he is fantastic but at the same time he's a big fucker he plays the game that a big fucker plays and yeah, like you say, he's gonna be thirty-two before the contract even starts. He could, he could break in half this season easily, and not even be worth the contract he's on now. God, I hope not. I hope not because I do. I do like. I have a soft soft spot for the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not sure why, but I'm just it's just one of those teams I seem to have gravitated towards and thought. I hope they. I hope they do something. I hope they do well. No, I I can't I stand know. the Jets. Cannot stand the Jets. Like I. I, I like him as and there are some individual players that I love. You know, Blake Wheeler, Line A, blah blah blah. Like I, they play fantastic hockey. They're a great team, but some of their parts, they're just one of those teams that always seems to beat the stars. 
even before they had that breakout season last year, they'd always beat the Stars, and it was always Joel Armia's fault. And um, <laughs> so I, I hate the Jets. Shout out to Joel Armia. <laughs> Fucking Joel Armia, I'll kill him. Um, yeah, so I can I can never actually like like the the Jets and the Avalanche are the only two teams that I truly loathe, just because of their repeated drubbings of the Dallas Stars. There's only one team on my love list this year, and that's the uh, that's the Leafs. And not for any other reason other than the media coverage is already driving me insane. Nah, but the the Leafs are, and I can't uh, imagine that's going to slow down anytime soon either. Yeah, but the Leafs are going to be like the Lightning 2.0 sort of thing. Like they're just going to be so good that you can't. Yeah, you can't, it's like hating Real Madrid. No, yeah, I get it. Yeah, but I'm not hating them because they're good. I don't hate them because they're going to be a great team. I'm going to hate them because I'm going to be sick of having to read them. And fucking articles posted up every single second about them. And be... again, some of them, I get it. I get it. It's summer and some of the fucking writers have to fill space and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, some of the articles about it are just fucking pointless. Absolutely pointless. But anyway. <laughs> You're a fucking crap. That's, that's my, that's my loathe team for this season. Is the Leafs doesn't help they're in my division but that's not the reason why i definitely think like you're you're more susceptible to hating teams in your own division for for obvious reasons and and because you play them too much which is how it's designed to be but yeah i've never had that though i've never had that with any well apart from the, obviously the canadians but even that like i said before has fucking died a death now because fucking when we were shite they were awesome and it was boring and now we're at least decent, they're fucking terrible. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. So. Alright, so we'll do ten more things and then we'll get out of here, yeah? Yeah, I think that's, that's good. Let's, uh, so, uh, William Nylander's beard he's growing over the summer. <laughs> so what we're going to do is gonna, we're going to break down every GM and grade his off-season. So we'll start with uh, Arizona, okay? I thought we were going to do 45 minutes on uh, on Drake and uh, Kim Kardashian and their supposed affair. Drake. Anyway, folks, if you... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, Twitter's at Dan Straight Edge. Will, you are at... W-E-V-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. At two Brits one puck number two number one get in touch with us if you like we'll always talk it's fun uh, preseason starts in <laughs> ten days eleven days fucking radio jingle I know number I two number one sometimes it's just sometimes get in touch with us we like to talk it's fun yeah preseason starts in nine days ten days well we've got the Traverse City Prospect Tournament starting. Oh, uh, shit, yeah. On Friday, the 7th. I fucking totally forgot about that. I'm fucking absolutely buzzing to fall asleep before the first game starts. It's going to be really good. <laughs> before they get through the aforementioned national anthem. <laughs> I'm going to be buzzing all day tomorrow. I think, you know, oh, get to see Mira Heiskin on, on North American ice. And uh, it gets to about 10 o'clock. I think, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to bed. Yeah. This baby's coming up all night. I'm fucking knackered. <laughs> I need to get 45 minutes sleep before I have to get up again. Yeah. Oh, dude, I feel your pain. Um, yeah, there you go. That's show. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 
I, I wish I had a really cool outro for that, but I, I don't. So there we are. Will, any last words? Um, hockey, hockey's coming. Hockey's coming. Like, uh, hockey's say, coming home. Will, it's coming. <laughs> every every now and again, someone will say it's coming home. You see, ah, that was. It's like I feel like England fans' behaviour during the World Cup is like when you wake up after. A, you know, a bit of a drunken night, and there's evidence of your of your debauchery or just silly behaviour. And you think, oh fucking hell, what a bunch of idiots! And um, yeah, that's what I uh, what I equate England fans' summer behaviour to. I completely agree. Because now we've all forgotten about it, haven't we? Now the season started, everyone hates each other again. Who cares? Was there a we World just... Cup? Nobody cares. No, no one cares now. We all hate each other again. Alrighty. Good last words. I can't remember what they were. Duff it, <laughs> folks. Get out there. Especially in England. Talk to people. Say hi if they're wearing hockey gear. It's really important. We've got to grow this game. We're the street team. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace.